I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and pick me, choose me, love me. Am I right, ladies? And my name is Colin Drucker, and don't mind me, that's just my banana bag. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Um, Honka honka. Honka honka. Oh, dear listeners, the journey that we have gone on to Get in your ears today. Uh, mea culpa, there was a, an emergency. There, uh, We tried to go into surgery, but we couldn't save my track last week. And so we had to let her go and just focus on the future. And the future is now. And all of this is a way to say that my track got screwed up last week. So we're doing this episode again, and it's going to be even better. Amen. Yeah, we... We didn't realize it at the time, and uh, I mean, the Smash episode that's going to be on our, our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash bsapod, where we're covering season one of Smash. Um, it was a great episode. We had lots of laughs. We were zigging and zagging, and the Grey's episode was also great, but the Smash was just, you know, Smash is always near and dear to me, and I was really excited by it. But you know what? Like you said, it's it's fine. We're going to move forward. This happens. This happens. It'll probably happen again. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, hopefully not today. I tested like five times. But like I can remember like years ago, Johnny and I did an episode on Nanette. And that got fucked up. And I was like, not oh, Nanette. No. So we redid it, and it was even better the second time. And Oh, I love that. Uh, just a little good news for anybody listening. Indeed. Uh, cats out of the bag. We are covering the first season of Smash on Patreon, but we are releasing the first episode for free on the main feed, and we haven't recorded it yet. But if it is, if it is a shadow of the infamous lost Smash episode that no one else will know but us, it is <laughs> going to be so good. But you know, first, oh my gosh. first things first, we got to talk about people impaled on a pole after a train accident. You know. Yeah, get out the tissues before we get out our top hats. Exactly. Tissues before top hats. Tissues before top hats. Oh my gosh, that's a ooh. I that I could go down a rabbit hole right now with that. Uh, there we go. But I'm not going to because we are delayed a week already talking about this episode of Grey's Anatomy, and so let's get to her. This month is well, it'll probably spill into over into September now a little bit, but uh, yeah, we're, we're a week okay. off. But uh, this month. We are shifting our focus to talk about the BSAs of the early days of Grey's. Oh, I like that. Thank that was you. cool. Thank you. That uh, was neat. Yeah. So we are revisiting. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Grey's Anatomy 
suddenly hit a new peak after like season four because I stopped watching. But I can definitely say those first few seasons, there is so much meat on the bones and we are going to be focusing on some of the most actressy episodes of the series from the early days. I'm so excited. So when when did you, you know, I feel like everyone, you know, obviously the show came out like in 2004-ish, right? Something, it's like yeah. somewhere around there. Where were you during this time? When did you start watching Grace? Well, I was... Um, in 2004, I was in college, and I was not watching Grey's Anatomy. No, was I in college? Yes, I guess I was. Jesus. Um, I was like, or was I a baby? I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I, um, time's so weird. I saw an angel. I, that was I like saw the an same angel. Cadence yeah. I was, was a baby. I, baby. I sound like an old man. Yeah. Uh, and so I did not, I guess I did start watching it in college because as a matter of fact, well, it wasn't when it first aired. It was It was definitely, uh, you know, a, a, what do they call those? Those things when they used to replay episodes. Um, reruns. A rerun. Yeah, they don't have, we, don't have re- we, we don't have reruns anymore, you know? Uh, what's the deal with reruns? Yeah, uh, yeah right. But uh, it was definitely a rerun. But in fact, it was probably my senior year of college in like 2007. And my roommate and I just decided like you know what let's watch this let's watch this episode of Grey's Anatomy maybe he was already watching it and was getting me into it I don't remember but what I do remember is that the episode that we watched my very first episode of Grey's Anatomy is the episode we are talking about today I love that so much because it's a doozy I mean it is emotional and really gives you everything you want and a lot of those early episodes do it's like it it delivers in every possible way. Yeah, it. I mean, it. This is. I mean, it, for anyone who didn't read the title, because you're a real daredevil. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode six, "Into You Like a Train," which is indeed the train accident with the pole through the two people. The whole thing. Uh, we're going to get into it, but first things first. What about you? Were you a big Gray's head? Like, when did this episode or this show find <laughs> you? Yeah, I will say I'm going to correct myself. The show actually started in 2005. So um, I was a sophomore in college and I don't think I watched in real time because back then you bought the series, the the season DVDs. Mm. And I think I bought and, you know, the first I think the you know, a lot of first seasons of shows are pretty light and I think it was like within my budget as a college kid and I bought it and I like whizzed through it and I showed my best friend Lauren and then like my other gals that we hung out with and we were obsessed and you know we we all held hands and cried when du- when Denny Duquette passed away you know it's like those benchmark episodes too are just uh ingrained within me even though it's been a while so i am i'm super excited to go back and revisit these characters i feel like season like you said season 1 through 4 the last thing that i remember watching was like the ferry boat accident and Mer- Meredith just like <laughs> like floating into the Hudson or something. Or right. not, they're not in New York. The Hudson. New she's York. Just, boy, did she float. She went all the way around. <laughs> she went all the way around Argentina and worked her way back there up. There we go. Yes. <laughs> and she was still just as sad yeah. when they got her out. And she still wasn't over Derek. Yeah. <laughs> did he pick me? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in a coma for two years, honey. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably when I probably dipped out as well. I have no idea if she ever woke up from that episode. I, I it stands to reason that she may have not, but I think she's still on the show as of season yeah. 18. I, that's crazy that it's on that long. And Keon is still pretty 
um, uh, what's the word, allegiant, I guess, to this show. He um, he still watches. I think maybe he he never watches like in real time, but he'll he'll pick up on it. And you know, I will say, like I've seen a couple episodes because at this point it's like everyone's sort of moved on. Maybe Chandra Wilson is still around. Right. I feel like the chief is still around. Um, but you know, a lot of it's just like new blood, but it's good. I mean, there's some really great episodes, you know, it's, it's sort of like that. I, I feel like it's a TikTok trend, like dads watching TV when they like stand in like the, uh-huh. you know, just like the frame of the door and they're like, Oh, and then they just eventually sit down and start asking questions. Uh-huh. That's, that's kind of how I operate with at least key on shows, but it still holds up. I'd say it's, it's, um, got some good stuff yeah i mean i you know it, it's kind of always there this is of course you know one of many things we talked about in you know the the infamous lost grays episode was like where gray's anatomy fits in in the world of medical dramas and like oh yeah it's certainly not the first it's not the first kind of blockbuster one the way er was and you know i chicago hope is just a reference so i you know i have no idea if that was like I, I imagine there was a time when everyone was like, okay, I'm watching Chicago Hope, I'm watching L.A. Law, I'm watching NYPD Blue, you know, and Boston Legal. Boston yeah. Legal, I'm learning, <laughs> I'm traveling, you know, and and so, like, all of that was, like, TV I never watched. But um, I, I do feel like, you know, maybe I'm forgetting certain shows, but I, it does feel like maybe – Grays like ER passed the baton to Grays as a medical drama with like special event episodes, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like all those shows you just mentioned, like Loretta Devine was in all of all them. Of them. And she died in each one. Yes. <laughs> she died in each yes, one. Yes. <laughs> she has guest Emmys for at least three of them. She has died in all of them twice. Yeah. God Loretta Devine, uh, just a, a stalwart of medical dramas. Absolutely. God bless her. Uh, was like was like Mash a medical show? Like it was like, well, I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of people were just like injured in that show. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always like medical tools somewhere, but I guess they're in the army, so there's that. Yeah, Mash was like <clears throat> they were like, yeah, it was like a it was like an army hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I feel like it was there were doctors. It's a medical show. It's a different neighborhood. Different yeah, neighborhood. Same, yeah, same world, I guess. But you're right. I feel like ER. Which also went on for a million seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's very much in the same vein as Grace. Well, you know who, and I've, I've never watched an episode of it, but I discovered it in, in, in an IMDb rabbit hole. Do you know who played a nurse on ER? I mean, there's no. a lot of people, and I know you might be thinking Juliana Margulies. Uh, no, none other than Kyle Richards. <gasps> Whoa. Are, like, don't you just like want to see like a compilation of Kyle Richards acting in ER. Yes. I need to see that real, that real. Yes. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> of course, my favorite medical show, we've talked about a lot of medical shows. This will be no surprise to you because we talked about it on the Lost Grays episode, but I'm going to bring it up again because you I should. want more people to know about this. And I, and I feel like if I reinforce it to you, you'll watch it. You know, it, it it's none other than a failed... <laughs> One season drama from 2012 called Emily Owens, M.D. I, rem- I, I already forget who was in it, so please tell me oh. again. But yes, go on. Well, uh, it's got, I mean, this is truly, I think, the you know you know how like back in the day in old Hollywood, they would rename actresses like Joan Crawford. That's not her real name. Like Judy Garland. Like sure. That. Yeah. So I guess they don't do that anymore because they just let her call herself Mamie Gummer. 
Oh yeah, that's right. So Meryl Streep's daughter. Meryl Streep's everyone. daughter. And let me tell you, she's great. Oh, she's so good. I love that. Uh, it, I love that. She's so good in it. Um, Justin Hartley, who's a, you know, somebody. This is us. Yeah. Heartthrob. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, he's uh, there's nobody else in the cast that I really recognize, but, uh, and I don't even know where you can find this show anymore because it used to be on Netflix and now um, I don't know where she is, but I'm telling you, the, the single season of Emily Owens, MD, is, oh God, she's, it, it makes you wish for more. Um, but anyway, that's that's I my that. irrelevant recommendation. I wish I had. I mean, I I guess mine would be Grey's. I don't think I have any other like. I guess this is kind of a, t- a side tangent too, not to steal away from Emily. No, but um, it's, okay. it's just like the onslaught of shows that are chasing this sort of lightning in a bottle. Uh, kind of model I guess it's like okay well we had ER and we're just gonna release like six medical dramas a year and see which one sticks and they're all like fine and like but we don't need I mean I say this but they also do well like I feel like uh, there's like ladder 49 I think that's oh, a movie or something but like yeah. you know it's either gonna be a medical drama it's gonna be a cop drama or it's gonna be a uh, uh, fire like a firefighter I don't why why can't I use words um, that Although, like, I, but there is a market for that. Like, it's definitely, like, CBS material, you know? We talked about this a little bit when we did our August Osage County episode because... Oh, yeah, that's right. Amy Morton is oh. in uh, Chicago PD, but there's also a Chicago Fire and a Chicago MD, and so or Chicago Medical or something like that. And so, like... Sure. I, and I'm like, who who watches these? But people do because she's been she's played some woman named trudy for like 180 episodes so i love that someone's watching them i mean the other example when you talk about like just this glut of shows of course is like the first example i think of is this show called new amsterdam which is a yes a medical drama that <laughs> yes. so it's been five seasons it's got the fifth season is starting in september it's i have thought who would have thought i have never i don't know anything about this show but there are people out there that are like ooh. New Amsterdam's on. Invested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm just picturing them with their Jiffy Pop getting excited for New Amsterdam. I know. And may, I think we had this conversation when we talked about it on, for the August Osage County. It's like, are we eventually going to be interested in these shows? Are we, uh, uh, so maybe oh, right. I'll skip that. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe a better question is to maybe ask you, in your opinion, what, why do you think Gray's, caught fire why do you think it like was the one who you know the cream rose to the top well you know i think this episode is like a perfect example of why because i think what grays did and um, some of these other shows may have as well obviously there's you know now five seasons of new amsterdam but i uh, i think what it did really well was was similar to what law and order does where it will like use a really like eye-catching case or a really incredible medical disaster or medical issue, you know, or just like something really unbelievable or really heartbreaking or whatever. And so they'll draw you in with the like, oh my God, what are they going to do to save this woman? And then they'll pairing it with like just the, like the best of soap operas, you know, and like just, so you're in suspense every episode Within the episode, you're in suspense about what's going to happen to the new patients in each episode, but you're also in the long-term suspense of what's going to happen in the interpersonal lives of these characters. And and if all of that isn't doing it for you, 
Grey's Anatomy does this thing about like, you know, 35 minutes into the episode without commercials. But, you know, in the last 15 minutes of the episode where it's like, I'm going to make you cry whether I have to stay here all day and play sad, low-fi rock at you, I am going to make you cry. And I just think there's something about a show that, like, will not leave you without tears that you just – I personally can't resist. Like, I, I a show yeah. that's funny, that's exciting. But a show that's going to consistently make me cry, ugh. Yeah, I feel like – I mean, sh- we haven't mentioned Queen Shonda yet so far in this episode, too, and I think it goes without saying that, you know, she wrote – the one thing I always go back to is she wrote the, like, the screenplay for Crossroads, that oh, Britney yeah. Spears movie. But, you know, we all got to start somewhere. And um, But I do think she – there's so – it's such a specific style that she has, and it's like – it's a combination of – Drama and comedy, but in like in this case too, it's also like a, the medical like drama slash romantic comedy, and it's always the perfect amount. It's always just silly enough, sometimes a little too silly. We'll talk about the quirky music, mm. um, but also she just writes characters that are like so easy to love, and you know people have opinions, and like I just remember like everyone's. Everyone was talking about McDreamy. Everyone was talking about McSteamy, and like it's it was such like water cooler talk, you know. I, it's it really was a cultural phenomenon of the time. And this one, at least once, I feel, best uh, drama at the Emmys. So it's not like, I mean, and it was, I mean, I feel like it's a highly decorated uh, TV show too, but it, it really does, even though I said it's like such a specific style, I'm. It's, it's also hard to pinpoint because it's just so perfect that I don't know how it works so well. Yeah, and and I guess, you know, for the seasons where it stopped working, it's like, okay, well, then what are they not doing anymore that they were doing that made it work, you know? and Yeah, um, Shonda's writing Scandal instead. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that that little roller coaster at the end is veered onto another track, you know? (laughs) Yes. Shondaland. Shondaland. Uh, Well, speaking of Shondaland, should we get into this uh, Shondala of an episode? Absolutely. All right, folks, Into You Like a Train, uh, as I said, season two, episode six, let's get into it. Uh, this yes. is just to orient people of like where you are in the, in the world of the show. Um, I feel like even if you didn't watch Grey's Anatomy, you probably know the pick me, choose me, love me speech. And so this episode picks up right after... Uh, Meredith has, you know, uh, stripped herself bare emotionally in front of her married boyfriend, Derek, in the like, you know, OR scrub room and has said, pick me, choose me, love me, meet me at Joe's bar, then I'll know. So we open with her at Joe's bar. Joe's bar is their, you know, their little local hangout. I feel like eventually Joe has a heart attack. I think eventually he gets to be a patient. I don't think he dies, though. Yeah. And I, I, that rings a bell. And yeah. I think he's gay. But he is. He yes, is. I was just going to say okay. that. He is. All yes. right. But it's not revealed until like a long, it's almost like this Bailey line of like, you're married? It's like later on. They're like, right. we'll give him a, a spotlight in a season from now. Yeah. Well, good for him. You know, he has a boyfriend and a heart attack or a husband or That's whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so um, Meredith is, uh, and I, I'm going to try to chart this through all the episodes, but the extent especially when drunk, that Meredith is playing strong Carol Radsvel vibes. Yes, I remember you saying that. Um, I do see it. I think 
it's it's coming it's becoming more clear. I don't know if I saw it when we first recorded, but yeah. It, it's a thing to keep an eye out for is like as we go through this month, this, you know, four weeks spilling into September because you know what happened. Uh, keep an eye out for when Meredith reminds you of Carol Radswell. Uh, similarly, times when Christina Yang reminds you of Shea Coulee. I can't explain it, <laughs> but there's something about it. She just sounds like Shea Coulee sometimes. That is so wild. Yeah. I can't wait to... to to track that yeah. episode the episode. Yeah, a little, put a little pin in those. Um, a sea of pagers goes off, and this is after they've just had like a 30-hour shift. You know, this is this is a profession. That's uh, about yikes. 29 hours and 30 minutes too long for me. Uh, waka waka. Waka yeah. waka. Uh, and, you know, the sea of pagers goes off. The television, there's breaking news that says a passenger, passenger train has crashed. And so... Uh, Everybody hustles off to the hospital because that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, at you know, perfect timing. Derek shows up to Joe's bar uh, well after they've left because he's got his priorities in check. I guess his beeper didn't go off. And uh, Yeah, he's not an attending or anything. Yeah, you know? yeah, BFD. I mean, he looks so handsome. I think we should take a moment mm, now and mm. just acknowledge Pat- Patrick Dempsey really in his prime yeah the prime like he is just so attractive and like and like talented enough like i don't think he's a bad actor i think that like the first person i thought it was james marsden but Mm -hmm. i feel like james is like a a notch above you know but like it's nice when someone's hot and also like pretty you know it's they're good at what they do i guess so and like they don't need him to do much there's not a lot of well in this episode there is oh yeah emotional range yeah um Oh God, he's so delicious. And delish, he, delish. Yeah, uh, as as Julia says in Smash, you guys are delicious. Um, I just can't <laughs> wait. Uh, whoa, whoa! You know, that, yeah, I'm spilling over over here. I got my scarf yeah. on. Um, oh my God! Yes. So Patrick Dempsey, who was such a like, it's so interesting because like he, you know, started acting at a young age, and he was such a little. A little pipsqueak, you know? Like, I feel like we really, yeah. like, I, we always had, like, a cute charm about him, but, like, grew into, like, uh, it was just like, oh, it all came together in the end. The hair came together. You grew into the nose. It didn't, it, but it's still big, which I love, you know? Ugh. Yes. I feel like I'm going to look up his age right now because I just want to know how old he was in 2005 because I just feel like it's going to be such a great age. Yeah, okay. I know. But I'm like, because I'm 37 currently, so I don't know if I'm, how I'll feel. <gasps> oh, no, what is he? Okay. What is he? He's, I thought he was going to be like, I feel like 42 is such a hot age. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like hot. 44. He was 39. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. I have two years to catch up. <laughs> oh, I have two years to figure this hair out. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. get my medical degree uh, to figure this hair out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I was zoning out, but that, that's good. That's really good. I got it to the wig shop for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh, um, so yes. So, and as you said, that's a great little act one gun. Is that he does get to have do some real emotional lifting this heavy emotional heavy lifting this episode. So. Yeah, he does. He has a moment. He has a moment. He has, a, you know, a wonderful moment. But um, in the meantime, Meredith uh, Ellen Pompeo is doing her best drunk acting, which I think is fine, but it's also 
I'm I'm more you know I like an Amy Poehler you know I love an Amy Poehler I mean lest we forget um, oh my gosh well pun intended <laughs> and then you did uh, <laughs> oh no I got it I got it <laughs> I'm like well I got it okay uh, Evan Peters in <gasps> Mayor of Easttown which was oh I, I still think of it to this day the best drunk acting I've ever seen like he should. He did with he did? me, but like I yeah. feel like he that should have been the episode, even though it probably wasn't. But um, so good. Oh, he was he was such a sweetie in that show. Oh my god, I know, I know. Oh, that I might rewatch that. That was oh god. Whenever like you were talking about before, like like water cooler shows or like a thing that we all are watching and talking about, like that's always the first example I go to, probably on multiple episodes of this podcast of like oh when we were all watching Mayor of Easttown, like. That was my happiest, yeah. you know. <laughs> I know it came like at a time when we most needed it. Yeah, it was like, oh, this and is it was great. This is what community about. feels like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, in the midst of all this chaos and Meredith drunk acting, Bailey shows up, and we, I think we see in the previous episode, and I believe this is true that in the previous episode is the first time we find out that like Bailey is who's always been kind of a you know the tough you know. Uh, head doctor for lack of a better i don't know my terms i don't watch new amsterdam i don't know what they call them <laughs> uh, i didn't watch chicago hope um <laughs> but um i think that the last episode when we, was when we first find out like oh you're married like oh you have a life out of this yeah. and it's because she's off to a, like an anniversary dinner with her husband so i like to believe it's the first time we've seen the character out of scrubs you know in and all and all dressed up but she's you know quickly putting on a, a waterproof smock to cover that that's up. right yeah. yeah she's putting on her crocs oh. you know and I, I the first time we recorded this too i was a little bit out of shape by it because i was like how could they have not mentioned this in season one but i i think it makes sense too because like you know season one is laying the groundwork and now we have the ability to like flesh these characters out and like yeah is it important that we know that she's married maybe but also it's fine and i like that there was just sort of like oh you're married and because yeah. it kind of works for her, I feel like she's not the the type to. She's very elusive that no one's really going to ask her anyway. She's just kind of like an island unto her unto herself that like, you know, no one's no one knows her that well. But I like these little glimpses into her life. Yeah, and I I get the device early in the show to have her be to almost like have us feel like to know her or feel so like human emotion about or from her as much as like the interns do you know what i mean like she's yeah she's positioned in that way where like you, we don't really see till season two the way that and it's actually an episode we were gonna do but then i watched it and i was like oh there's not really much meat on the bones but it's when christina's pregnant and then she has some kind of uh complication where they have to do surgery and you know loses the baby Bailey kind of stays with her and like it's like it, it's a, a moment of like oh wow she really cares about Yang you know um so those moments. yeah those little those little glimpses of like you know what's her first uh, Meredith oh that's right that's the problem she's Miranda and then there's a Meredith so yes the Meredith Miranda clause yes yeah, yeah so I'm gonna keep I'm, I'm always gonna be my grandfather's grandson when it comes to that because there were 19 grandchildren in our Irish Catholic family. So there were Whoa. lots of repeated names. And I feel like whenever my grandfather would like, you know, call for me or go to say my name, it would be Connor, Caitlin, Colin. And I was always like, why was, why was Caitlin second though? You know, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> why, why was that the second instinct? But the dog comes before <laughs> you, you know, totally. <laughs> Connor, Caitlin, Mickey, Colin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I love, this is a side note, but one of my favorite nuances of the Lost Grays episode is, I would have to say almost the entire episode you called Christina Yang Yang, and it just like tickled me so much because it almost like you were channeling Bailey. She was really channeling her. Oh, I um, know. And I just calling her Yang, and I loved it. I, so the, you're saying Christina now, which is also fine. But I just, you know, Yang, Yang, Yang. I'll do it for the rest of the the month or the four weeks yes, that spill over to September. Do, please do. Um, I think it's because I couldn't remember her name, and you know, like in the moment, you're like, yeah, I could stop, but eh, just That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Well. Uh, the the doors to the ER open. I feel like this is a classic Gray's moment, probably, you know, classic New Amsterdam moment, but the doors of the ER open and it is <laughs> chaos of uh, people being wheeled in from the ambulances with the EMTs and of burn victims and, you know, everyone is just uh, a fucking mess. It's very overwhelming. Yeah, I, I, I cannot imagine, like... Because I, ha- I feel like even, like, this kind of moment... They have to stage every person, right? Like you have to, you have to, all of those people have to have a, like a direction or a narrative of some sort to kind of create the, the moving chaos of the scene. So I feel like the direction of these moments, I never really appreciate like how hard these scenes probably are to like direct and to film and to edit, you know? Oh yeah. Cause like if one thing goes wrong or especially for continuity and stuff like that, right? a nightmare. Yeah. Well, Izzy, who we haven't talked about yet, and who, you know, has a, a smaller role this episode, but Katherine Heigl, uh, worth mentioning, the only one to win a Best Supporting Actress Emmy uh, of all of the nominated yes. ladies over the years. Uh, Izzy is assigned to work with Addison, the dreaded Addison Gray, uh, Derek's, <laughs> you know, maybe ex-wife, on a third trimester burn victim. And Yang... <laughs> Uh, gets to work uh, on a surgery with the chief uh, with a guy who has a uh, amputated leg. Yes. Let's let's talk about Katherine Heigl for a moment. Yeah. I truly think for me, at least, I mean, I think she's I think she's great. I was so in love with her in this show. I think she's like one of the best like written characters. And like I you can't help but love her. She has that like. Midwestern sort of feel like girl next door, but like she can kick your ass. I I really like Izzy. Um, I, she has a great uh, acceptance speech when she wins that Emmy. It was the year that like they had that huge circle in the middle and everyone sat around them. It's the year that Sally Field won for Brothers and Sisters. Oh my God! Um, it was a great year, and uh, but I I also feel that Katherine Heigl she was like the first sort of woman in the public eye like that I noticed that that kind of set the template for like I guess we'll just call it the Katherine Heigl syndrome as far as like the Anne Hathaway syndrome as far Mm -hmm. as like Jennifer Lawrence like female actresses or like musicians or whoever it might be that rose to like prominence and like you see them everywhere and all of a sudden you know with without warning we just turn on them and it's gross and like uh, you know there are some other stories where she might have been difficult to work with and she um, denied or kind of, she was nominated for an Emmy for her work, and we we talked about this last time. I feel it was season three, but then she said that like the material wasn't where it should be and declined the nomination. So there's that to contend with. But if we're just talking about Izzy Stevens, Katherine Heigl, I I love this character. I I hear you right. Like there's all this baggage attached to Katherine Heigl, and you're right that the Anne Hathaway of it all, and that's probably a whole other tangent of like pre like 
before this, before this kind of era and like the overlap of like the internet, was this happening? Were there people who would like, especially actresses, because it happens to women, where it's like people turned on them because they were too popular or who were the examples, you know, like, cause I feel like I think of the nineties and it's like, everyone was just like cheering Julia Roberts and Meg Ryan and Sandra Bullock on. It was like, yes, keep being in things, you know? And I think it's because we didn't have as much exposure, you know, like you didn't have as much conversation on obviously online about them. You didn't see as much about their lives. Like I really think, you know, I mean, I think about even now the way someone like Gal Gadot, like, you know, tanked her reputation with that stupid Imagine video, you know, it's like, yes, take social media away from celebrities for their own good. You know, people will like them more, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Because, I mean, really, social media was like picking up the the tabloids, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. The People magazine or like Jennifer Aniston at the beach, you know, like look at her stomach. Gross. Like, She's fine. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the worst version of that, I guess. But yeah, it's, and I wasn't really buying magazines, so I didn't know any better. But, and also it's like, there's so much of it that, um, you're just kind of told you're like, Oh, right. we don't like her anymore. And then you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. She's, I see her everywhere. I could just picture my grandma being like, she's everywhere, just being mad uh-huh. about what? You know what I mean? Like, if we really think about it, like, they're just trying to, like, do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such an interesting phenomenon where we just, like, we can celebrate someone till they get too big for our britches versus theirs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, and Kate Walsh is great. I think she's so hot oh. and so cool. Oh. I love a redhead. I think if I was to date a woman, it would be a redhead. I there's something something there. I don't know what it is, but uh, either that or like, uh, like Penelope Cruz or someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh my God, anyway, Penelope I, Cruz. If she, would, I would date her even if I was just this. You know, yes, I'll exactly. figure it out. You know. Um, yeah, I. I'm so into her and the salmon scrubs and those goddamn salmon scrubs. How dare she? Uh, I I love the way that obviously this is working out perfectly because we're talking about both of them this week and all this month uh, potentially. But the way in which I need to see Kate Walsh and Deborah Messing play sisters. Yes. Yes. I mean, Kate. I mean, Kate is the older sister. Deborah's the younger. Uh-huh. Even if like their ages are different. Um, yep. Deborah's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) Deborah's a mess. She's a mess. You know? Scarves, you know? Um, Because it's basically Addison and Julia. You know, like what I'm thinking of is not even the actresses. I'm thinking of the characters they play in Grey's and Smash, you know? Oh, my God. Yes. They are not. Oh, God. Oh, that's. Addison was like, calm down. Right? This is why, like, cringy fan fiction exists that people can write stories about Julia and Addison meeting up for coffee and arguing oh my god and i will say i gotta give it to kate walsh like she had i'd say a successful spinoff in private practice my mom watched it mm-hmm. i think i caught a little bit of it audra mcdonald's in it like i feel like it's a respectable run like i don't know i can look it up right now i feel like i'm if i was to guess in my memory i'd say it was at least three seasons maybe more i feel like more i feel like private practice went on a bit but you let me right, know here we go what do you- oh wow it was on from 2007 to 2013. Jesus. That's awesome. Maria. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. What is she? wonder what she's doing now. I mean, she could, she's probably, I always think about actors like this where it's like, you could stop. You could just pull a Danny, Danny DeVito. No. Who am I thinking of? No, Danny DeVito. You could just pull a Danny DeVito and just stop. 
Yeah. Is that who I'm she thinking She could. Of? I mean, on res- uh, Danny DeVito, like, no. just retire from acting? Dennis what are we Franz. Thinking? I'm thinking of Dennis Franz. <laughs> Franz, 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 Franz. Uh, yeah, same mold there. Yeah, yeah. I, think I can see why that is. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the private practice cast. Um, we have Amy Brenneman. We have Tim Daly, oh, he, uh, who is so handsome. Tyne Daly's brother. Is it? Yes, the Dalys are an empire. Move over, Barry Morris. Whoa. Yeah. Are you sure? I swear to God, they were in a play together once, and I didn't see it, which is a huge loss. But they were in a play together okay. once. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Younger brother of Tyne. Okay. Tim- I don't know why. I should have never questioned you. How dare you? You think um, I don't know my Tyne <laughs> trivia? <laughs> you don't think I don't know the Tyne? <laughs> yes. Y'all got the Tyne. Yeah. Um, Audrey McDonald, who I mentioned. We got Benjamin Bratt. A great, a great cast. I feel like that was another sort of... Because, you know, spinoffs can be tricky. And, to, and it just speaks to, like, Addison as a character and Kate Walsh as an actress, too, that people would want to follow her. For another six seasons. That's awesome. Yeah, I I think I watched a little of it, but then I was like, well, if I'm not watching Grey's, I'm not watching you either. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Bring us back to the chaos at hand. This is when we are introduced to the uh, iconic pole people, Bonnie and Tom, who are uh, impaled on a huge pole and basically in an embrace. And um, I, and history was made. Uh, tr- truly, uh, Bonnie and Tom. I think about them three times a week. I know. I mean, you think of these touchstone episodes of Grey's, and this is like when you say the poll episode, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. And Bonnie, played by Monica Kina, is just the BSA of the episode. Like there are there are guest actresses every once in a while. Sometimes they're you know like a listers, but I love someone who is an actress and just kind of gets to have this moment because she talk about like maximizing your potential. Oh, she really is the star of the episode, the BSA and the star at the same time. Yes. Um, and I like, I know her name. I feel like she was in, right. She was like in, uh, Dawson's Creek for a very short period of time. I know that name. I feel like there was somewhere else that I had seen her, but yeah, Monica Kina, uh, You'll never do better work than this, Monica. No, you probably will, and you probably have. But uh, and then the Tom is played by Bruce A. Young, and uh, you know, roses to Tom. Yeah, they are wheeled in, and uh, because they are, you know, in an embrace, it's like okay, well, we gotta we gotta figure out what we can do. We get a little banter, and we get it's this moment. It was stuck in my craw during the lost episode of grades we recorded last week. And it's still in my craw this week. It's that thing. It's that moment. It's that comedic note of Grey's anatomy where it's like, Oh my God, these people are impaled and Oh, you're going to help us. Yeah. We're going to do x-rays. We're going to figure it out. You guys just hang tight. Just stay right there. And then Monica Kina goes, does anybody have a breath mint? And then it's like, whoop, boom. And the music that goes, plink, Yup, and then she goes, you know, and then the eyes. She's like one of those one of those cat clocks in someone's kitchen, you know, where the eyes go side to side, and she's like, "For me, with the tail." (laughs) I love it. Yeah, there. I think that was the same music that was played when Bailey walked in, in like a a formal dress from her, you know, date with her husband. Uh, Yeah, it it also happens in Smash too. I feel like it's just like such a. It's an I don't NBC know what you call it, note. Yeah. It's an NBC. It, yeah, there it is. Is it a Maryland note, <laughs> or is that more of a B flat? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a, it's a B flat, very Maryland key. It's a very Maryland key. Excuse me, a Maryland key. I called it a Maryland note. We should have just That's scrapped okay. this episode too. <laughs> <laughs> and he never oh podcasted again. Right, right. This is like that moment on Drag Race that Johnny hates when Jujubee says in season two, yeah, I can I can carry a note or I can hold a note or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's carry it. Yeah, I, I remember that. I can carry it, it is, too. It is wild. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. But um, but yeah, it's just like, it's it's also fine. But I, if you know music, it's always, you're always going to be like, nope, that's not it. I know. Yeah. I'm, I have, I, I know. You never let me get away with anything. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's why we deleted the first Smash episode. I didn't that's know what a right. belt was. <laughs> no one will ever know. I did a lot of studying in the last week. Yes. Um, so this is, of course, also where I, I strongly believe, and I don't know if it's just me, but like I don't think we as a mainstream society really knew what a banana bag was until Bailey told Meredith, not Miranda because that's her name, we're barely, Bailey told Meredith, Caitlin Collin, uh, that she needs to get a banana bag and sober up. Have you, do you know, uh, what do you feel about banana bags? I've never seen one in, in person until I went to Vegas. Uh, Polly David and his crew, they went out. Keanu and I went to bed at like a sensible, like 11 o'clock <laughs> with our slippers. But, um, but also they, like the next day they were all hung over and like strung out on the couch. And I, I guess it's like a... I don't know how you get one to come up to your like hotel room, but they did and it was awesome. And it's probably just, you know, it's like electrolytes and something to keep you hydrated, but I've never had one. I think maybe in a, I wonder how much they cost. I'm going to pass out if I think about this too long. Yeah. Who, who put it in? Oh, they had nurses there. Okay. All right. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had medical professionals come up and, and they stay the whole time to monitor them and everything because they have to eventually take it out. You're like, <laughs> put it in. Oh, God. That's good. For me. For me. Oh, God. It's so gross. I like, I also like later. Needles. Yeah. yeah. Ne- oh, needle. I can't. I like could never. Uh, I like whenever I have to like get like not give blood because, you know, I'm not allowed to because, you know, yeah. uh, I don't want to. I'm like, I don't want to do it anyway, so I'm going to keep it. But uh, yeah. whenever I have to like get blood tests or whatever, I and I'm sure they're used to it. But I always say to the nurse, OK, so I'm going to turn like really far away facing the other way. And uh, yeah, I'll be fine. Just I please don't fake me out and make me look before it's over. You know? Yeah. Oh, God, I hate it. It's terrible. And, you know, whenever a nurse is like. I mean, because they do this all day. They're probably exhausted. They, they deal with this all the time. But I always appreciate when they kind of make the effort to, like, make some conversation or distract me or whatever. And yes. I, I always think, oh, that's the extra mile right there, you know? Yeah, it's like flight attendants when there's turbulence and you look to them and they're just pouring coke. Uh-huh. You know? Right, right. Like, okay, well, if you're not concerned, I guess I shouldn't be. But um, Yes. And, of course, we, you know, we'll get to it, but we kind of see Izzy do that for Meredith later, which I really like. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Brooke, who I believe is the burn victim that Addison and Izzy are treating, uh, begins yes. going into labor. So that's not good because, you know, everything else. Um, the baby's coming because baby's coming and uh, coming out of her like a train. And uh, so, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There it is. Scrap this. <laughs> we'll start over. So, uh, meanwhile, we've got Kim Whitley, who I looked through IMDb and I was like, God, I know this woman, but I don't feel like I've actually seen anything she's been credited in 
on IMDb, but I feel like I deeply know Kim Kim Whitley. Uh, yeah, what is that? Right, she a guest on Drag Race. Like I feel, I feel a connection to her. Yeah, and I know her. I'm, I'm gonna check real quick while we while see you, what you can find because I just there's something about Kim where I'm like, God, you. Did we go to school together? Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. probably probably not. Kim is also doing kind of the, I think, a creative way to, to do some expository t- storytelling. Is she this character of I believe Yvonne is her name is, uh, you know, calling different people and, and kind of having the same spiel of like, oh, we're fine. This redneck tried to outrun the train, and so it just gives us like enough kind of understanding of what happened without having to weigh down anyway details of the accident but i that's basically sure. uh yvonne's function at this point is to be a pain in the ass and to do some expository acting for us on the phone yeah more on that later uh so did you find out what we know kim whitley from no i just did a like a, a very like an extended scroll nothing. and i i found nothing but again i mean i feel like it's just like I feel like she's just like a comedian and uh, a fabulous woman, and I I, I know her. I, yeah. What are we confusing? Maybe like her name sounds like something else. I don't know. Maybe I. It's like maybe she did a commercial that I grew up watching, but I just I mean I know her name too. It's like oh yeah, Kim Whitley, of course, from yep. uh, yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, so um, this is when we get to see uh, Izzy being a good friend because yes, we have these nauseating scene of Meredith trying to administer her own banana bag in a bay in the in the emergency room or wherever she yeah, is. Yeah, like while she's drunk, get a, get someone to yeah. help you out here. And I feel like if you, because my concern with those, and I really felt this later in the episode when she was still attached to it, was like, where's all that liquid going? Like, are you peeing a lot as well? Because I'm just, I just feel like your veins are going to be like, we're full, you know? Yeah, that's, it's like a... a I, I mean, I don't know. I could yeah. speculate, but I, I don't. It's just like, it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. Uh, I don't like it. But um, Izzy and Meredith talk. Of, obviously, Meredith is focused on, you know, uh, how did Addison seem? Does she seem like someone who is about to be divorced? Did she seem like someone who was not picked or chosen or loved? You know, what can you tell me? And Izzy's like, I think, uh, or, and, you know, or, or how is Derek? What's he like? What, how, how is he acting? And, and I think that's when Izzy's like, yeah, I think he was mostly focused on... Uh, the smell of charred flesh or whatever it was. So maybe get yes, a little perspective. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Snap out of it, Mayor. Yeah. And Meredith has a whole, you know, very Grey's Anatomy speech about like, I know that I'm a total narcissist, especially when I'm drunk. Like I'm aware of perspective and, and what's going on right now. Uh, and I think this is where Izzy is a really nice friend where it's like, well, I mean, Addison has the nerve to wear those salmon colored scrubs, you know, like I think that's very sweet to be like, I'll give you this, you know, I know you need something. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it's she like it's not that she went too far by saying the charred flesh thing, but um, right. you know she has to still be a friend and say, well, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, this is where we get so it, Yang, if you will, Christina, if you want, she's got the like wacky storyline. Uh, she's she's got the lighter na- yeah. narrative. It, she's a, she's just like bouncing off the walls the whole episode, but uh because she as they're uh working as you know Derek and the chief are are working on this guy and she's cleaning out the the wound on the foot uh she discovers that uh this is not this is not this man's foot it's it's a, it's another left foot this is not my foot um as michael scott once said in the office these are not my shoes uh do you remember that after the diwali episode when they're like driving yes, home yes, he's yes. like these are not my these shoes, are not my shoes. <laughs> 
I do remember that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Meanwhile, uh, Bailey, Derek, and George are reviewing Bonnie and Tom's x-rays, and uh, it's really kind of come down to a Sophie's choice of, like, we, you know, we can move one off the pole, but and then we can kind of help the other, but whoever we move off the pole is kind of the one, you know, who's not going to live. And so the question, and really, I think, you know, one of the dramatic, you know, cruxes, I don't know if there's a, ver- a plural for crux, but I'm going to say cruxes, uh, but one of the dramatic croy of the episode is uh how do you decide who's gonna live how do you decide who to move and i feel like you could do a whole play about just this dilemma you know yes like a one-act play would be beautiful yeah yeah of just this room and just this a conversation between two doctors and an intern you know uh yeah and maybe all of them are women because i don't you know what i mean like why not why not let's you know we've been through enough let's treat ourselves you know yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, meanwhile, Yang's hunting for the leg outside in the ambulances. And she's looking through all the medical trash. And we get sort of a taste of probably, you know, maybe people who work in hospitals are like, oh, yep. EMTs versus doctors. Totally different. You know, it's kind of like at a restaurant, front of house, back of house, you know? Yes. Or to go back to the office, like the people who work in the warehouse and the people who work you uh-huh. know, in the office. Right, yes, right, yes, right. Yes. So um, so there's all that dramatic tension. Uh, meanwhile, Karev, played by Justin Chambers, who we haven't really talked about yet, but who I have a I, I have a real sweetie for because he is in Hysterical Blindness, which is a practically lost yes. HBO movie that I love. Do you swoon for Justin? Do you give it all to Justin? <laughs> I give it all to Justin. I think he is, I think it takes him a while to come around, you know what I mean? Because like him, I think him and Izzy are a great match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually I don't think it works out or, you know, that it's like on and off again. And he's kind of like this lone wolf in a way. But I I think he's like, I just think he's really sexy. And I, I like the badass sort of like vibe he gives off. But he also, I like his arc. Because he he, mm-hmm. he has to grow up really quick. and But he's still, at this point, still kind of, you know, we'll get into it later when he takes the credit for finding the leg. But mm-hmm. he still has those, he's rough around the edges still. Yeah. yeah I think Karev, I, I wouldn't want to own him, but I'll rent him by the hour. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. There we go. Meanwhile, so Karev is working. Uh, he's with Brooke's pregnant friend, Jana, uh, who when Jana, I think my notes first say Jenna, but I believe it's Jana. But, you know, when Jana finds out that Brooke, uh, her good friend Brooke is pregnant, she, you know, uh, hoists herself up and, you know, IV attached, waddles her way to Jana's room. I think I told this story in the last on the last episode, and I'm going to tell it again because why not? Yeah, go for it. Because my mother would be thrilled if I told the story on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but watching this like very pregnant woman waddle through a hospital reminds me of uh, a story my mom told about when she was in labor with me and <clears throat> the way that it all had kind of happened. So I'm, you know, I have an older brother uh, who's a couple years older, and she was in labor for like 40 hours with him, and it was a whole fucking oh, thing. God. And so. I was like a few weeks late, but, you know, 
forgive me, I was on gay time. But the day that my mom went into labor, like what happened was that my dad was chasing my brother around the house. They were just like playing or whatever. And they ran into the kitchen and there was like a little rug in the kitchen and my dad slipped on it and fell. And my mom laughed so hard her water broke. And so I think that's just like the nicest way to come into the world is laughing at my father's misfortune. <laughs> um, yes. And so like that really set a tone for the next 37 years. There we go. But yeah. um, then, you know, they rushed to uh, Elizabeth General, which is, you know, a fabulous drag name, but also where I was born. Yeah. Um, and so when, and I guess my mom was wearing, you know, like my, my grandparent, I think my grandmother came and they all, you know, they went to the hospital, whatever. And my mom was wearing like a purple turtleneck and like overalls or something. And so obviously, you know, the pants were all wet and everything from, uh, the water breaking. And so there was a nurse who was trying to help her in uh, probably a hospital room, get out of the overalls and into, you know, out of the wet clothes into a hospital gown. And so at that point, the contractions started coming on and so, and they were coming on strong cause you know, let me out. And yeah. the, the nurse was like down on her knees, probably like helping pull the pants like off my mom's legs. And the contraction got like so hard that my mom pushed down on the nurse's head. Like she was playing leapfrog and like stepped over the woman and just started walking away down the hallway of the hospital in her underpants and her purple turtleneck looking like a <laughs> grape on the run. And the nurse yes. was like, come back, come back. She, and she like, my mom said, she just like waved her away and was like, no, no, I got to walk this off. And so, uh, but I was born within five hours. So, you know, uh, but that's what I think of when I, when I often think of pregnant women wandering and waddling through hospitals. Yeah, I feel like out of anyone, they get a pass to do whatever they need to do to get yep. that baby out or to feel comfortable. But yeah, there is nothing. I mean, so much of these medical dramas, too, are just like unruly patients. But there is something that you you let it slide. When oh, it comes yeah. To women. Right. Like, I can't imagine. So oh my God, do what you got to do, you know? That's right. Um, meanwhile, you know, back to the sadder story at hand, Derek is doing a reflex test on Bonnie and Tom. And I mean, it's like, I can't remember now because it's been a couple of weeks since I saw the episode, but, and I watched it twice. So like the first time watching it again, I must've been crying at this point. I don't think I yeah, stopped it's... at this after this, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, because you know, he, he does the reflex test and Tom's able to move his toes and then Bonnie says, what about me? Are my are they moving? And they're not. And Derek says, yep, they're moving. And she just has this look of relief. And it's like, I think they've already kind of decided that they're probably going to move her off the pole. And so there's that sense of like, why, you know, let her be happy, you know, as, as often, as much as possible before it's over, you know? Yeah, what's, don't make her panic any more than she already kind of is i i loved it i thought it was a great writing moment i thought mm -hmm. it was a great moment for derek as well too patrick dempsey just the way he delivered that um it's beautiful and so sad yeah <laughs> uh meanwhile yang finds a leg and brings it back to surgery but alas it's a woman's foot this time waka, waka, waka. Ba -ba -ba -da -da. yeah i feel like when yang i feel like when christina is sort of like, I feel like it's just like a persona. Like Yang is the bumbling version of Christina Yang, but like uh -huh. Christina Yang, full name is her every other episode. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. This is just like wacky Yang, yeah. Yes, the bizarro world yeah. version of her, yeah. 
Uh, so at this point, <sighs> they have firmly decided Burke and Bailey and Derek have agreed. We're going to move Bonnie off the pole. And uh, George is, you know, I guess George has been the intern on this case. And so Burke tells George to, um, this is before he later calls him a faggot, uh, because that's, yeah. of course, we didn't talk about that in the first time we did this, but Isaiah Washington, who was infamously fired from the show uh, after calling, um, what's his snakes? Yeah, uh, what's TR Knight? TR Knight, a faggot uh, on set, and I'm like, well, good riddance. Uh, who's the faggot now? <laughs> it sucks because I loved Burke. I feel yeah. like if this was cast like nowadays, it would be like Sterling K. Brown as Burke. Totally, you know I mean? he would win like six Emmys. Yeah. Um, I I love Burke. I love Christina or Yang, and as and Burke together, I thought it just like worked so well, and it's it's a shame. Well, one of the episodes I was looking at for us to do is it's like the one like right before this or two before this when um, it's after she has the surgery and her mother, Yang's mother comes to Christina's mother, maybe maybe she's Christina in this episode, but her mother comes to visit and then she finally has that like meltdown. It's like somebody sedate me. Yes. And so at the end of that episode, Burke stops by her room and she's just like curled up in bed, like sort of crying, like just like. Uh, the tears are just sitting in her eyes like I, I, I guess I'm still crying and he comes and her, and her mother is just like sitting there reading a magazine and Burke comes in and then he like puts down his coat and he and he's in this like turtleneck and slacks and you know special yes. shoes and he climbs into the bed with her and oh I'm gonna get choked up it's so beautiful and puts his arms yeah. around her and she just cries into his chest and it is so beautiful and I I, I almost forget about the time that he called TR Knight and, and a faggot. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, he tells uh, George to close the gallery. You know, we don't need anyone watching. And, you know, I, I, this is such a, like, if this was a play, this would be so a line a character would say as they exited of, like, she's cracking jokes. How do you tell a woman who's cracking jokes that she's about to die? And then exit. Intermission. Intermission. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Yvonne is is growing impatient and looking weary. She's kind of and over time with these medical shows, the, the, the Kim Whitley's character is also not. It, it's a, it, you know, it's a it's a fake out. You know, in Act One, she's just mm-hmm. the annoying friend uh, bedside to her friend who's injured. But by Act Three, boom, dead. So we're yeah. kind of building up to like, oh, uh, you know, she's. Uh, we're being reminded she's there. You know. Yang tries to pull the girlfriend privileges with Burke to help her find the leg, which is uh, a no-go because when they work together, when they're in the hospital, she has to be Christina Yang. She can't just be Crazy Yang. And, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Crazy Yang. Very true. Yeah, you know. Uh, And then we see uh, Karev and Meredith are talking in the doorway. This is where her banana bag is, like, half full. And I'm like, where is the rest of that banana? You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where are you hiding it? Where's the peel on that? Bag? Yeah, where's the peel? Check the veins. Um, yes, and you know this is like the act two gun is like he's just like Karev is hank- hankering to be a hero. He wants to save the day. You know he lost control of Jana. You know Yvonne's talking to him like he's a you know uh, some dumb kid. He's like he just needs his moment. And um, oh, Marco fully agreed with that one. And uh, meanwhile, Yang, crazy Yang does her drive by of like, has anyone seen a leg? You know, and uh, that's pretty much her character. Most of the episode. Has anyone seen a leg? 
I know it's so funny. Yeah, because like for at first watch of this too, it's like oh that cra- like it's not the Christina Yang that you should be introduced to. But you know, I'm glad you you now know the full scope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's got liars, you know. That's right. So now we have gotten to nobody gets out of this scene with dry eyes. If you have not started crying yet. Grey's Anatomy is going to turn up the heat and is going to turn up the lo-fi indie pop rock and is going to get you balling because this is when Derek needs to explain to Tom and Bonnie what needs to happen and how the surgery needs to work. And uh, given the extent of Bonnie's injuries, it makes the most sense to move her. <sighs> yeah, it is so well done as far as just like the way like as far as like Derek's bedside manner and mm-hmm. uh you know because Bonnie kind of puts it together she says so if you move me I'll die and he answers in in a way that's like he doesn't say yes he's like what well, we're going to do the best we can right. to save you like right. so it's it's not even though the subtext is like most likely that he doesn't you know I I just think it's perfect and again sad and the acting here is um, it's it's a really interesting contrast because, you know, Tom kind of has this like, no, no, like resisting, like, no, that's not a good idea. Oh, she's a younger woman. I'm an older man, you know, whatever. Like there's a there's a chivalry there in a way. Um, yeah. Bonnie kind of is like, no, you know, basically like puts the kibosh on that. And there's this really like interesting like wave of acceptance that just kind of goes over her face and she just kind of closes her eyes and it's a really like it fully like embodies what it looks like to just accept like it is what it is this is this is where it's going you know and then it like cuts to tom and he's just like bulged eyes like he's staring into hell and it's really it's so interesting i think the beauty of this we talked about this last week too is like the the patient is awake and coherent as opposed to someone who you're operating on you don't get to know them as as well as you do with these two characters so i think it is important and i think we talked about this last week too also that like i'm like why are they cracking jokes like what but it's like you need to fall in love with these characters as quickly as you can especially bonnie so it makes sense because she has like a good humor they're both kind of joking so when this news is delivered you really feel the impact of it but yeah Mm -hmm. it's like she has a pull in her it's like it doesn't I mean, you want to believe that you're going to get out alive, but like, I think that's also part of it too. It's like, I have a pole running through my abdomen and the chances of either of us really getting out alive is pretty slim. So, right. And like, again, super sad. Yeah. And the level of shock they're in as well, you know, it's like, there's also, you don't really know how bad your injuries are right now. So, um, and this is, you know, I mean, cranking it up again is when she's like, and my Danny, is he going to be here? Because her bo- her husband or boyfriend, Danny, Ugh. needs to fly down from Vancouver. But there is a storm that night. And so my Danny won't be able to make it in time. I That's kind of when I lost it. I just think it's... it's what, what, and, you know, like she kind of talks it out, too. She says, like, no, I think it's better that he's actually not here. And to come to that conclusion on your own as opposed to like I just need to see him I need to say goodbye and her going into hysterics also is like another great choice of her character to in the moment yeah I mean I think that that's like I get that right of like you know I I wouldn't want someone's last memory of me to be impaled on a pole you know what I mean like that's 
like that's so traumatic and that's such a like and and yeah how do you even like go into that moment like this is definitely the more merciful way to go yeah and she's able to like i think the benefit is she's able to kind of like pass on a message through derek to danny so like there's still some sense of like final words were shared you know yes and she didn't die alone you know people were right with her and right. they tried their best to yeah, or, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. right? Like, she didn't die alone. She didn't die in pain. Like, it was she was herself to the end. Like, that's kind of what you want. Like, I think so too. Yeah, I feel like in my in my mom's family. I don't know if this is like a. I know they say it in my mom's family, but I don't know if this is like an Irish Catholic expression. But it's a good death. Oh, it was a good death. You know, where it was like, yeah, you know, sure. Um, and so yeah, I mean, this there are better deaths, but all things considered, it's a it's a good death. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Brooke is getting an epidural. Uh, I, Brooke, Brooke and Jenna are now in the same room. Brooke is getting an epidural to get ready to, because uh, they're going to have to really get in there to get that baby. Uh, and this is when, I believe her name is Patricia, who's like the, she's like a, a hospital admin who pops <laughs> yes. up here and there in the series. Um she stops by. She's like, oh, somebody needs a notary. And uh, it's because... Brooke want, doesn't have a will and she wants to draw up paperwork because uh, there's no dad in the picture and Jana and Brooke are best friends since third grade who've decided to use the same sperm donor to have babies because they wanted their kids to have two parents and the two of them are going to be the two parents and uh, Addison says oh so your babies are brother and sister and then Patricia goes oh how cool is that <laughs> And that has been, I've been repeating that alone in my apartment, like for the past week. And, uh, it's a great, line. it's haunting me. Oh, how cool is that? And very, um, oh my God, of course. Oh my God, of yeah. course. How, how cool is that? All right. Well, I think, you know, maybe I will finally edit together a new intro theme of this podcast and maybe those will be <gasps> some of the quotes, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That would be fun. That'd be fun. We cut back to Yvonne, and her her friend's name was, and I'm blanking for for some reason. Um, her name was Mary, played by Juliet Jeffers. Oh, yes. We'll get to her in a second. Oh, is that who you were talking about? Yes, yeah, no, no, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yvonne is there, you know, bedside with Mary, who is, you know, recovered and is better. And Mary, uh, Yvonne is slumped over on her bed. Her phone is ringing, and then she collapses on the floor and. Very quickly, they determine that, like, oh, she's been internally bleeding this whole time. Not a good death. Not, Not a good death. <laughs> Not a good death. Mary is giving incredible bedside grief acting. It's She is. It's so good. How do you know that you're bleeding internally? Like, that scares me. You know what I mean? Like, right? you're in a car accident or something like that, and you feel fine. Like, how how do you know you're not going to... Is it just the luck of the draw? Like, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, that's why, like, if you are in an accident or something, they're like, eh, let's just check you out even if you don't feel anything because it could be something like that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I all I know is the first four seasons of uh, Grey's Anatomy. So, that's right. um, and I remember when we did, you know, the last episode, we had to look up to, well, I had to look up to see if Juliet Jeffers was, you know, uh, 
was getting the work that she deserves. And um, you'll be pleased to know that she she also appeared in Chicago Med, but in one episode. Uh, Great. She was in Nine One One Lone Star. Uh, you love that show. She was in I one do. episode of Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> Don't you and Kian oh, watch Rizzoli that? Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> she was in Strong Medicine. She was in ER for one episode. I'm, I have to okay. recognize all the hospital shows this woman has been in. She was yes. in a, a movie called The Surgeon in 1995. Okay, Whoa. there's going to be one more. No, there isn't. Oh, well. I'm sure she played a nurse or something somewhere. Yeah, man, Juliet Jeffers loves to work in hospital settings, uh, and she's great at it. There we go. Yeah, she's great. Uh, like, you know, it's a lot of like collapsing to the floor and saying no over and over again. But mm. I, I bought it. Oh, she was great. Yeah, I, all day. So Karev has stormed off from this moment. It's another loss. It's another thing he's fucked up. Um, he's I feel like all of these hospital shows have a doctor who's sitting outside on the bench by the parking lot of the ambulances. going. Of course. God damn it. You know. <laughs> Throwing their mask on the ground. Yes, yes. yes. Kicking a garbage can. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's when uh, one of the EMTs goes, easy killer. Jill said you guys were freaking out looking for this leg. How they knew it was that one, I don't know. But alas. Right? Right? Of all the legs, Yang kept pulling the wrong one. Who's to say this is the right leg? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess he did need a win. Even though he did mm-hmm. it, like he took the credit. Yeah it's, yeah, it's shitty, but I guess he did need it. Yeah. More than Yang. And I think this is where it's after this. He's got the leg and he runs back inside. But this is when the sad music kicks in. And and the song is, it's, it's by a band called, I was listening to it on Spotify because I was like, is this the song? But it's called Back Where I Was by The Hereafter. And I was listening to it, and I was like, wow, I'll never be able to hear this song without seeing the scene transitioning to surgery time for Tom and Bonnie. And and the two of them talking about, like, do you believe in heaven? And I, I hope there's a heaven. Yes. And, oh, it's just like, oh, no, it's happening. It's happening. I know. It's. I mean, really, this is a good time, too, to to really talk about the impact of the music of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. So many, like, <laughs> I think of every song just being on So You Think You Can Dance like the next week. Oh, yeah. And and those kind of like... Like a Mia Michaels. Yes. <laughs> like contemporary. Doing <laughs> lyrical dance. Yeah, just doing that yes, like, oh, yes. God. I Yes, I know exactly what you're talking Snow about. Snow Patrol. Uh-huh. The, the Fray. Just the sound. And, and really great music. Like, really good stuff. Like, I feel like... Not, maybe that was that was still a, a So You Think You Can Dance. Like, the first time I heard an Adele song was So You Think You Can Dance. Mm. And, and just... But like... Other like, uh, and that's such a great job to have. That'd be such a cool job just to find new like Grey's Anatomy songs, like right? just to kind of search. Ugh. Yeah, and like so to fun. find that specific tone and feeling, and like to see how it matched. Like, how would this work in the scene? Like, it it really is. I mean, like it. it you know, it it's a real art because the the song is so effective, and uh, you know, they're you know, I feel like there's there's a little moment of Tom going. You know, I just want to say, and, you know, I like the the idea that, like, they're so close at this point, not just physically, but, like, they're so in something that, like, it's like the drag the drag race girls who are like, no one will know what our season is like except my fellow season yes. seven sisters. And, you know, <laughs> it, it it's somehow similar, but, like, you know, Bonnie's just, like, you know, just shushes them. It's like, I know. It's okay. You know, you don't have to, we don't have to do that. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to say anything. Like, this is what it is. 
And so then the anesthesiologist arrives. And this part I had forgotten about until I rewatched the episode recently, but that they were going to put them to sleep first before moving the pole. And so Bonnie asks Derek, so it's not going to hurt? Waterworks, my eyes are across the room, you know? I know, I know. Ugh. But I'm so glad they did this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God. Because um, I always think about, like, oh, watch how, how that would hurt to feel the pole getting, like, Ooh, it's like banana bag. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then they're all scrubbing in, and, and Bailey says, you know, why do I feel like we're about to kill this girl? Which mm-hmm. they are, which is a really crazy, you know, another crazy part to include in that one-act play, you know? Um, it's probably one of the last lines of the play is, you know, why do I feel like let's kill this girl? And then that's her character exiting, you know? Yes. I could picture the play, like some like, uh, like NYU bullshit where like the, the, she gets off the pole, but she's like suddenly able to stand and there's like a spotlight above her and like that's how the play ends. Right. And then she like comes up for her bow and she, instead of bowing, she just like stares at the audience like really intensely and it's like still coming down from the performance. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Oh God. I am so glad we're not in that audience right now. That would be terrible. It's kind of the way that, um... When I saw Cynthia Nixon in, um, oh my gosh, here we go, $25,000 Pyramid, uh, the play where uh, there's like a, a great BSA, I'm not doing Wit? Uh, she's a, Wit, yeah, 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 Wit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and it ended with a spotlight of her, like she's completely naked, and I don't know if she just stands there, or if she like kind of crouches down, I remember that. Yeah, I I did. I think I saw that same production with Cynthia Nixon. It was great. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we should really do the movie because Audra McDonald. Yes. Uh, the ice pop I feel pop like we talked about it off mic before. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh God, that movie kills me. Eileen Atkins. Oh. There we go. Oh my God, I love that movie. Oh, Christopher Lloyd's in that. He's at, oh that movie's so good. Okay, well, pin in that. It's on the list. On the list. So Meredith is sobered up and she scrubs in. Uh, luckily, Derek is there. So George ducks out so that just before they do this traumatic surgery, they can get to important matters like, are you going to leave your wife for me? You know, uh, <laughs> at which I, it's just insane. And uh, and he says something to her along the lines of like, oh, you know, she takes some aspirin with that banana bag. It'll help with the hangover. And I think from a writing standpoint, this was interesting was like, because he talks to her like a doctor, doctor patient situation, that's how she knows. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're staying with her then. Yeah. There's nothing like a traumatic event to just like snap someone out of like a a decision that might not be in their best interest at the time, you know, and I mean eventually mm. they do get together. But yeah, it's like Yeah. Would've, you would have never expected him to go that route, but because of this scenario today. He's he realized, you know, I realize what's important to me, but like it works and it's it's smart and interesting. You know, I never really put that together. But yeah, this probably like obviously we see later we'll talk about it, that how this affected Derek, but like that it may have affected his decision as well, because I always thought like it's so weird that he shows up to Joe's bar in the beginning if he doesn't intend on being with her, but he must have changed his mind. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Ugh. See, we second time around. See, yeah, second time around. Just like uh, step by step, wasn't that their theme song? Second time around. Step by step, mm-hmm. second time around. People wait in that roller coaster yeah, at the uh-huh. end. Yeah, we can make it happen the second time around, and then it's the, yeah. that big music with uh-huh. yeah. blended families. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, it's so that good. show is so weird. Remember the cousin who lived in a van in the backyard? Cody. 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 I used to have a crush on him a little bit, though. Oh, God. I he wanted... was like a, a big doofus kind of guy. Yep. Ugh, I wanted him. I wanted to be in that van so bad. I don't know what I wanted to do in yeah. there, but I had such a crush on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Well, this is when we get to what another thing Grace does very well is a musical musical montage moment where we alternate between and this is really interesting is like Jana is is pushing, she's in labor and she's pushing and and then they cut to be pulling Bonnie off the pole. They cut to pulling the baby out of Brooke. And it's all the pushing yeah. and the pulling and and Meredith's pushing Derek away and he's pulling away, you know? Like it's <gasps> Oh my God, yes. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful episode. It is. Ugh. It really works. And so then and in Shonda. this whole, you know, Michigas, Bonnie, of course, starts to bleed out. And they kind of, you know, we're basically waiting. When when Burke says, like, her aorta is totally shredded, it's like, we just needed to confirm this. They kind of knew to not go full throttle with her. And so they basically abandon Bonnie to all help with, uh, with Tom and Meredith, you know, freaks out. We can't just abandon her. We have an obligation uh, to this woman. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, like if I can detach the fact that like, or the idea that there's an illusion, like an analogy here between like, you can't give up on me, Derek, and we can't give up on Bonnie. Like if I can, I, cause I don't, I think if you merge those two together and they mean the same thing, it gets really cheap. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And some and like Grey's Anatomy is no stranger to having like a patient a patient's arc in an episode like sort of mirror what's going on. But this it, it like it's 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 too much sometimes. Right. At a certain point the patient story has to be bigger than the doctors and um so that's why I think it's interesting how like this idea that Derek was so affected by this that he changed his mind that like yeah, this is it is not all just kind of like a a Carrie Bradshaw. I couldn't help but wonder you know, was I impaled on Derek's love or was he just a pole through my heart, you know? Yes. And even like I'm thinking about this more that like if I'm really going into this, that like Tom is Addison and Bonnie is Meredith and like the way that he has to like let go oh, of her my. and realize, you know, but also be kind to her in a way. It's so perfect. Oh, my God. I, you're and that's so why he's right. even more upset. Ugh. And he has to lie to Bonnie and tell her that her toes are wiggling. And he's got to lie to yep. Meredith and tell her that her toes are wiggling or that they have a chance together. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Yeah, whatever That's... it is you have to say, just say it, Bonnie says at one point. And it's like, it's it's what, you know, he he can't say it to Bonnie and he can't say it to Meredith. Ugh. Thank God we scrapped that first episode. This is brilliant. I know. We got it. We, we got, got it. it. Well, we got it. Well, we got it. Well, play us off. Um, no, we've got a little bit more to go. So, uh, you know, it, it, at this point, and I, I feel like I remember watching this way back in the day with my college roommate, and I was just like, don't cry in front of him. Don't cry in front of him. Don't cry in front of him. Because yeah. it was like, oh, God, this is so intense. But li- the next morning, uh, luckily, Jana and Bonnie are both fine. The babies are doing well. I think we see a glimpse of, we find out that Tom you know the surgery was successful tom's wife is there she gives derek a big hug you know addison and izzy you know uh, 
have a little have a little moment where basically Addison is like, I need you to decide how much you're going to hate me or not, because I see a lot of potential in you if you'd be interested in kind of, you know, shadowing me or kind of being my uh, my mentee. So, like, let me know whether you want to be team Meredith right now or team Izzy's career. Yeah, it's tough. It's a big matzo ball there. Yeah. But it's like she's like the Picasso of OBGYN. So you got to you got to commit. And that, you know, the friendship with her and Meredith. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, if I was Izzy, I'd be like, Meredith, that was a toxic situation. And I didn't get all this debt just so I could stay home with you and like eat Hagen dazs you know? Yeah, over your boyfriend. Yeah, over yeah. your boyfriend. Yeah. Um, really expensive <laughs> boyfriend. Uh, nice hair. Uh, so yeah. um, speaking of which, uh, Derek, you know, talks with Danny, my Danny in uh the you know the waiting room and you know shares the message from bonnie that you know not it's not something i've never heard before but it's sweet enough that she says if love was enough you know she'd still be here with you and 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 it's interesting because like these these conversations like doctors can't get emotional and so it's interesting watching derek try to not get choked up also Something that he could have like maybe said to Meredith if love if love was enough he I'd still um, be with you yeah yeah ugh I didn't even think of that that like ugh this is what Derek needed to say through Bonnie yeah this is when Q I, a song that very quickly made it to my 2007 era uh, iPod uh, today <laughs> has been okay by Emiliana Torini. I'll, I don't know what it is about baby-voiced singers. There's so many baby-voiced lady singers. <laughs> she sounds like 30 other people I've heard. I don't even remember it. I'm, I'm excited to go back and listen to this. You need to text me that uh, or this song or like the Spotify song. I, I want to go back and listen. I will. I, I yeah. want to know what baby... <laughs> Oh, what you'll you baby, baby yeah, voice, baby, yeah, 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 lady baby voice, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like that. Okay, that, is it like an Ingrid Michaelson type of vibe? Maybe or? even tweer, you know. Like I feel okay, like even gotcha. even squeakier, you know. Uh, okay. So uh, yeah, I'll send it to you, and you'll be like, oh yeah, this is the song. When I hear this, I think of the elevator scene because Derek you know he finishes the scene with with uh you know with Danny so now we're in the elevator Derek and Bailey are in the elevator and they're standing side by side and she can see that he's kind of like like you know there's just there's something that he's trying to hold back or trying to deal with and and there's just without even saying anything she just reaches over and pulls the emergency button to stop the elevator and Derek turns and faces the wall to just like quickly cry it out. And and I love that shot of like Bailey in the foreground kind of just like looking away, like listening, but looking away. It's like she she's present, but she's giving him his space in a very small space. Um, and then he's like kind of out of focus in the background crying against the wall. Yeah. And I feel like with any of these doctors like they're all there's always going to be someone against the wall there's always going to be someone who pushes the button and mm-hmm. this day this is this was the dynamic but you know we've seen bailey break down before and in the future too so I, it's it's uh-huh. so cool 
Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful scene, beautiful moment. We will see it later this month. We will. <gasps> it's that's wow. a little Easter egg. Meanwhile, it is obviously the next morning, and the interns uh, are just hang dog in the locker room, uh, about to start another shift, and. Um, Meredith and Yang have a little silent conversation about Derek, which, you know, I kind of love. I love when you can kind of see people just say it with their eyes to each other. I think that's that's cute. Yes, I agree. And then Bailey comes in and she sees them all sitting there like, you know, bumps on a log. And she kind of has this moment of pause where it's like she's like, I have to be the bearer of bad news right now. And she says, better get cleaned up. Uh, rounds uh, in five minutes. You know, like a lot of hesitation, Ugh. and it's it's such a human How moment. How do you rally? Yes, right? it is. It's so perfect because I don't know. She's just like she's she's backing off a bit. She knows they've been through it. Yeah, yeah, but they still like you're on the clock. You know, you're you're the one scheduled. Oh, God, how do because you? There comes a point where you're so tired that coffee doesn't even help anymore. It just like it just like makes your heart rate yep. <laughs> faster. It just makes you crazy. And it's just like, yeah. Oh gosh, you just feel like you're drunk in a way. Yeah. Well, the end of the episode, and I I queened out about this in the Lost Grays episode, and I will queen out about it here. The end of the episode is like the end of a Pedro Almodovar movie, and I'm I I just it's so cool because it's so mundane. The last shot, so like it's not even on Meredith. Like that's what I love. It's not about Meredith. It's it's not really focused on anyone. You know, there we see. You know, George is at his locker. You know, with his back to us, and then Christina turns, and I think she tosses out her coffee cup, and then she reaches over and she opens her locker and kind of like you know steps in to grab something, and then it goes black. And the fact that it just like ends in the middle of that kind of mundane activity, and it ends basically on Christina. It, I it's so random, but I just I was like, that's so cool. What a great note to end on. Yeah, such an Amadovarian. Oh, yes, totally. Um, and I just want I always wonder. Like, I mean, we've talked about it when he when we had our our month of his movies too. But I, what makes you choose that? Right. You know what I mean? Because it very could have end. It very much could have ended like well rounds, and then they get up, and then. That's it. Right. Um, or some focus on Meredith looking tired, you know? Yeah. It's like they ran out. I mean, they ran out of like tape. <laughs> right. Like, film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like that ending of All About My Mother. I, I still just can't believe that's the end of the movie. I can't believe yeah. they ended on Hugh Morojo saying, oh, I'll talk to you later. Like, it, it's just so random. And this yeah. had similar vibes and I just loved it. So, um, like, I'd love to see in the script what it says, you know? Yeah. But um, but that is indeed that's that is into you like a train. Take two. Uh, I'm so glad we had the chance, the honor to do it again, because there's so many nuggets in here. And maybe we'll do every episode twice. Maybe. Just kidding. Maybe I'll <laughs> screw up all of my tracks. I'll just delete everything. You know, let's start Pull the whole the podcast plug. over. Yeah. What? Yeah, Weston's... Marco's chewing your wires. Yeah. He's going to cut your Elvat wires. Right. Like, <laughs> just like Izzy. Right. Right. Keep going, buddy. It's better the second time. Yeah. Um, I need that heart. Right. Anyway. <laughs> well, a champ-packed discussion. You know, I don't want to say what next week's episode is going to be because, you know, maybe it won't come out. No, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's going to change. I think we've settled on, on four good episodes, but I'll preview it and make sure. But rest assured it will be within this era of Grey's. But, yeah, maybe we'll see a little bit more of Best Supporting Actress Emmy winner Katherine Heigl in one of our future episodes. I don't know. 
I can't wait. I hope we do. Me too. Well, all that being said, we uh, because we're kind of changing up the you know what we're doing and Patreon and all that, we are bringing back to the main feed and the main episode a segment near and dear to our hearts, BSA of the Week, in which we clean out on an actress or a performance or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week or these past two weeks, given the circumstances. Yeah. Um, what do you got? I have one nominee. This is a real-life BSA, a BSA in the wild, if you will. Yesterday, this is going to sound very dramatic, speaking of a Grey's Anatomy episode, um, but uh, Jamie, who we all know, sort of. Yeah, I met her. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, she got into a car accident. Everyone's fine. Ugh. It was just like this weird sort of wackadoo thing that happens. And uh, again, no one got injured. The cars, you know, varied in degrees of like, you know, uh, conditions but anyway she was on her way to a doctor's appointment because we think she has shingles which is crazy oh, but um, so she was not feeling well already and she was just really shaken up by the whole thing because it just came out of nowhere and she's standing you know we went and, and met her because it was only about it was like a two minute drive from our house so we hopped in the car and she was really upset and this uh, this nurse who like because the doctor's office was really close too. She was so close to getting to the doctor's office and she just didn't make it. Ugh. Um, and she comes out and Jamie was crying and she's like, she's like, honey, I just want to tell you, you take your time, okay? Oh. You take as much time as you need here. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you. There might your doctor might not be in, but we're gonna make sure there's another doctor there that's gonna see you. You just take your time and you come in when you're ready. And it was just so comforting. Mm. And I loved her. She like it was just like such nurse energy. And her name was Carol, which oh. makes it even better. Carol. Carol. Oh, that's I love. So who do you think would play yes. her? Do you have a a, a type oh. or a you know? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Let me think about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll see who that is next week or think about it. Because I'm, it's like I have her in my head, but I only met her for like thirty seconds. Mm. But yeah, work ooh. on it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will. And this is important. Um, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, do you have any nominees? What do you got? Well, you know, I the one my nom. I'll, I guess I have a nominee, and then I have a BSA of the week because one kind of joined the list. From so last week, my BSA of the week. We semi-homemade with Sandra Lee. Oh, yes. And, and that remains a comfort watch. And, uh, I mean, she's, like, I, I've always felt like watching, like, I've always kind of judged her. of Like, it's not really recipes. She's just assembling things that are mostly already cooked. But, you know, I'll give her this. You know, Aunt Sandy is, I think she's a fascinating counterpoint to Ina Garten, you know, for example, where it's like, where with Ina, I feel like I'm in good hands. She knows what she's doing. I feel like I'm with a human being. I feel like, you know, like I, I, you know, RuPaul talks about this on Drag Race where like when a queen is performing, she feels safe watching her. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in good yes. hands. I'm never going to feel tense that you're going to fuck up. Ina, I never, even if, even if Ina makes a mess, I'm not tense. I know it's going to be fine. And yep. it's a calm environment. It's that beautiful little kitchen in the Hamptons. And Sandy, it's a high wire act to the end. You're like, I just don't think you're going to pull this off. And <laughs> even the banter, like there's times where I'm like, she'll start a sentence. And I'm like, I don't think you know where to go with this one. And she, she's such a she's such a kook. But like keeps on, you know, like takes a licking and keeps on kicking. Like she just keeps going. And I got to say, 
well, some of her recipes are gross. There are some where I'm like, that's a good idea. If I didn't have much time and I kind of wanted to put a little zhuzh on something, that's not a bad idea. Um, I did watch yesterday. Oh, God, she made these these chicken drumettes, and then she made, like, two dipping sauces for them. And one of them— Ooh, I love a sauce. One of them was just chive cream cheese and sour cream. And it was so thick. It was so thick. And then the other one was like a peanut butter based sauce. And it was very butter. Like it was not like, you know, like a peanut butter sauce is like that, that kind of more liquidy texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, I mean, you could, you spread it on the chicken. Like it was insane. I was like, that's so weird. Sandy. And, and also, I don't know what it is, but like she take a drink every time she goes it's so much great flavor this has a lot of great flavor in it like i yep, love the yep. vague term of great flavor does Ina do that is she stuck on like just saying lots of great flavor or does she get specific um she i mean most food network personalities do this they'll like list the ingredients like you can really taste uh, you uh-huh. know, like an onion or whatever but she Ina says depth of flavor such great depth of flavor see i think that's brilliant because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. depth of flavor. Oh, there's like a lot of depth. It's this layer. Layers. Yeah. yeah, not just like great flavor. Oh, what does that mean? So anyway, so San- Sandy is definitely uh, one of my favorites. And I-, I feel like all the videos I've been watching of hers have been from this YouTube channel called Aunt Sandy's Gay Son. <laughs> That's the name of the channel. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me so up. So I feel yes. like I'm in really good hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, that's my nominee. Now, did you have a you have a BSA of the week as well? I do. Yeah, I'll do it real quick because it's a it's a small one, but it is a food um, mm. that last week uh, Jamie's sister Jana went to the farmers market, and um, I forget why she. Oh no, she just like randomly did it, and it was really nice. And she bought Kian and I both donuts mm. from. Uh, there was a booth. I think they also have like a brick and mortar store too, but it's called Onion Maiden. And it's a vegan, uh, like, sort of cafe restaurant because she's vegan. Um, and I love a good vegan dessert because everything's really dense. Yeah. Um, and this donut, I've been thinking about it ever. It, she said she wasn't sure what flavor it was. She thought it was maybe, like, a chai donut, which I love. But I didn't I didn't get much chai. It almost felt like a, like a cinnamon roll sort of frosting. And it was so, like, it was chewy and... Oh God, it was so good, and it was big too. I mm. like a big donut. It was it wasn't cakey, but it wasn't like too light either. Too, it was just the perfect texture, and I I need to go back and get it. And I think they change their menu every week, which is super sad. Oh. Like their pastries, yeah. Um, but that donut really. It's been a while since I've had a really good donut. You know. Oh God, there's nothing like a good donut. You know, I love like a. You know, like those sour cream donuts with like the glaze on them. You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Is it more of like an what's what's the the donut consistent? I, is it cake? Is it's, it, it light? Is, it's dense. It's more cavernous. Of a de- okay. It's definitely like a denser cake that has like a certain like tang in a way, which sounds gross, but there's something about it that's like just no. I get the that. depth of flavor, if you will. <laughs> The depth of flavor. There it is. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds great. That sounds, uh, yeah, I want a good fucking donut. Yeah. I'm looking up sour cream donut. Okay, yes. Because it's like a little, it's like craggly a little yes, bit too. It's craggy. Yes, craggy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Love that. Um, but yeah, Onion Maiden, if you're in Pittsburgh, get 
get there now. Yeah. Anyway, how about you, Colin? Well, speaking of craggy, my uh, my BSA <laughs> of the week is a new podcast that I, I found through Reddit. Uh, and I'm really enjoying so far. I've only heard a few episodes, but I I think that you will enjoy it. It is called The Housewives Archive, and Ooh. it is like it's these two. It's this guy and this girl. These two British folks having like in depth discussions about things about the Real Housewives. So like they have a whole episode. They they're, they're doing a lot of it. They did a lot of episodes about New Jersey. They do a whole episode about like um. Of course, I'm like blanking. You know, they talk about Erica Jane. You know, they sure. talk about like different like. Anyway, the, the ones that I've listened to and what made me think of you, and I think you would enjoy it, is they have a two-parter all about Kim Richards, <gasps> and it's <sighs> fascinating. And they go, they have such smart funny conversations they do great impressions like i don't know how they like lose their accent so well they do great kim impressions and i feel like kim's hard to do yeah you have to get into the basement yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and and it's incredible that they they find it (laughs) and it's it's just so good and they're having kind of like you know obviously housewives is silly whatever but like it's also fun to get deep about it and to really think about it and to really read into like the human nature of it all and the and the sort of social structure of it all and they really they get into all that without taking it too seriously but taking it as seriously as you want to sometimes and like you know there there's certainly there's a there's that mix of i think for example for example with kim where we kind of sympathize with her but we also see the mess of it all as well and it's just this like Oh, Kim, but also like, oh my God, Kim, what are you doing? But like, oh, poor Kim. And, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's really a roller coaster. It's so good. So I highly recommend you. I mean, they, they kind of talk about her trajectory through the series. So obviously, like, they'll start talking about things beyond seasons you've watched, but it doesn't. It doesn't. There's no spoilers. Sure. Like it's so worth it. Just even kinda, if there was, even there was. Yeah. So what? There's there's really nothing about Kim that's a spoiler. You find out in season one that Kyle stole her goddamn house. You know. <laughs> That limo fight. Oh, that limo fight. And so sad. Oh my god. I love her so much. And they talk about that that fight as like really just like peak housewives. And I agree. That limo fight is uh and they talk about this too, like the, the Tennessee Williams of it all, but like the two former child stars whose lives have gone in vastly different directions are having a fight about their dead mother and their house that like Kim probably helped buy for the family with her career, you know, in the back of a limo in Beverly Hills with Adrian Malouf, you know, sitting on the middle seat with two unlikely guests with, with Martin and Adrian and poor Martin, poor Martin. But it is such an amazing moment. And the way Kim is dressed, just like being eaten by her own jewelry. Like it's so (sighs) good. Um, and so anyway, I highly recommend the housewives archives. It's just a, it's a great different lens. It's so different from like the watch what crappens approach, which is amazing. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Oh man. I, I'm subscribing right now. Oh, well, I don't know if you, I don't want to get you all choked up or anything, but there's definitely some like sad lo-fi baby voice lady singing happening right now. <laughs> Uh, or at least will be shortly. So I think this is our version of being played off on this episode. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. I know. You know, it's inevitable. You know, you had a lot of time to think about it, you know. Uh, yes, I, know I did. Impaled I did. on that poll. And also because yes. we didn't post an episode last week because we did this twice. Anyway, where can folks find more of you? <laughs> I'm pressing the emergency button. <laughs> um <laughs> 
People can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa appreciation podcast slash recap podcast. Um, and they can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on my other two podcasts, be it All Right Mary, or you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. And you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, or you could find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Now, this is a call for absolutely everyone to keep their peepers peeled because this week is the week to peel them. The first episode of our recap of season one of Smash will be out, if not already. Uh, very shortly, but probably already. It's probably sitting there waiting. You probably maybe you listen to it first. I don't know, but if go. you didn't, you should go listen to it and then join us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/bsapod for the entire season of Smash. We'll be covering. It's going to be ridiculous. That's the perfect word. I can't wait. I can't wait to record it. I can't wait for you to see uh, what lies ahead. It's going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be heaven on earth. Hey! Hey There we go. (laughs) Three on a match. (laughs) It's going to be three on a match. Uh, And that, as they say, is that.